1: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Hey there, and welcome to Sassy Speaks, the podcast for everything Hong Kong. I'm your host, Sarmai, and here are three things you should know about me. I'm part of Team Sassy, pop culture is my jam, and I love talking to anyone and everyone. Every week, I'll be sitting down with two awesome guests. We'll be having candid conversations about everything Hong Kong. From all the dating tips to managing your personal finances, we're not holding anything back. Here we go! If cash is king, is your credit card the queen or that dirty little secret you're keeping on the side? We know that in Hong Kong, you need more than a dollar to get by. So that's why today I'm sitting down with two exceptional women, Natalie and Sagil, to talk all about spending, saving, and my personal favorite, spreadsheets. It's getting sexy in here, people. All right, ladies, thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. Um, So I wanted to bring you guys both in because Hong Kong is an expensive city and people tend to have expensive hobbies. It's really hard to get by without really spending any money. And I'm the first to admit that I'm really bad at planning Financially, budgeting, making money, making my money make money. I don't really know what I'm doing, and I, I think I'm not the only one out there. So, we've seen with our readers that we've put out a lot of content around work and money, and um, people are clamoring for it, and they're really responding to it, and they really want more. So, we wanted to expand on that and have a conversation with two people who, you know, definitely know a lot more than I do about this stuff. And I think you guys have some really cool insights that I'd love to hear more about. Uh, but we'll get all into that. But before
1: we do, I'd love for you both to Yourselves. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I'm Sage Patel and I'm the founder of SageL, which is an education and consultancy platform which advocates for
3: women's financial wellness. Thank you for having me. I'm Natalie Pringle. I'm the CMO for the New Savvy. We're a female financial literacy platform helping women to navigate finance, investment, and career. We also host a lot of events, including the Futurist Female Conference.
2: Cool. So before we get really into the thick of things, guys, I have a quick little icebreaker for us to play. (laughs) Um, And it's called Splurge or Save. I'm going to ask you about a series of things, and you're going to tell me whether you splurge on them or you save for them. All right, number one, the favorite pastime
3: of Hong Kong, brunch. I would say save and find really good deals around the city where you're not just spending crazy money but you can get some really good discounts. I'm gonna agree I'm gonna I, I say for that. All right number two shoes.
1: Ooh, I can splurge on a good pair of shoes that will last me.
3: A while. Yeah I, I agree splurge uh, in the sense that it's kind of an investment. Um, and I know we kind of kid ourselves <laughs> for that. Convince it's, of that. it's an investment yeah. but if you spend more money on something that's better quality it is going to last longer yes. particularly with how much we walk here Alright, number three, one very close to my heart gym membership I think gyms definitely save because if you shop around a bit you can get to go to some really good classes experiment a bit work out in the park, take yoga classes that are kind of in different locations. So you can definitely save rather than just going to one of the main gyms and spending a lot of money on a membership.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with Natalie. I, w- I would save on that. Um, I've wasted a lot of money on gyms <laughs> in the past, thinking that I'm going to use it a couple of times a week and it ends up being a couple of times a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Hong Kong's so fantastic to be outdoors and-, yeah. and doing things that you can do for free. So, yeah, I'd say save. Um, number four, drinks.
3: I think it depends, really. Um, Yeah, sometimes, well, going for discount drinks, you sometimes don't really know what you're getting. And you definitely get a much bigger hangover the next day by drinking cheap alcohol. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you think it's a better deal, it's actually just so much worse than if you just went somewhere nice, had a couple of good cocktails, and then you feel fine the next day. So sometimes, yeah, not having a cheap drinks deal is a good thing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, quality over quantity. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I I guess that would be a splurge. Office lunches. I'm guilty of this. I splurge. Um, I should be making a lot of my lunches at home and bringing them in, but I don't.
3: Yeah, I I would say save um, personally because. I think, yes, there are so many places that you can go out for lunch. But then when you add everything up and then when you go out for dinner with your friends in the evening, it just adds up so much. Um, and it's those hidden costs that tend to leak through and you think, where did all my money go? Mm-hmm. I ate it. It's, mm-hmm. or it's in my wardrobe. So um, I think and I typically graze throughout the day as well. So add in all the snacks, it then adds up to quite a lot.
2: Um, OK, uh, I feel like I know where this is going to go, but travel.
3: I
1: splurge on travel.
3: I splurge as in,
1: you know, I'm over the backpacking. Been there, mm. done that. <laughs> you know, I do like decent hotels, and if I'm going on holiday, I, w- I want to have a great experience. Um, having said that, I won't go over. It. I won't go into debt over it. Mm. Like, you know, so I, I do keep to a, a pretty good, healthy budget.
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that. If if I'm going somewhere, then okay, it's not every month, but you want to really enjoy your trip. So I would say maybe save up a bit longer and, and have a better hotel or experience um, rather than just taking lots of really cheap trips. Um, yeah, and then you enjoy it more. But I, I depends it depends what kind of person you are, I think. Yeah.
1: All right, fashion. I'm a mix. So I will splurge on classic pieces that I know will last for a long time. And I will go cheap on the latest fashion that I know will be at a date in a year's time.
3: Mm. If you buy a really good coat or if you buy something that is going to last, then yeah, it's worth spending a bit more money on it. Um, But otherwise, kind of in and out fashion, you can just pop in and just spend a small amount on it. You know you're only going to wear it for six months anyway, so it's not worth spending a lot of money. Cool. Well, I feel like the ice is significantly
2: broken. there's so much ice to begin with guys Um, my first thing is new spending habits but you've gone super into debt over christmas
3: what do you do like how do you restart what do i do you're not alone and i think everybody at some point has that realization you've had an awesome festive period and you think yeah of course you didn't miss out on the parties you bought everyone amazing gifts But now you're in the cold, hard reality. It all feels a bit miserable and you're just staring at your fine balance, (laughs) often in despair. The main thing is just to face up to it and understand that you've just got to get it in black and white to to really understand what your situation is. So the best thing that you can do is know if you have got any debts, unfortunately, what they are what the cost of those debts are, and also how you can then start to get back in a better position. So just keep it simple. Take out a pencil and a piece of paper and just work out where you are, because at least that's your starting point to then work your way out of it if you need to.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, you know, you start the new year and you look at your credit card statement, and the best thing to do is just calculate where you are and set a plan how you're going to pay down the debt. Um, but I get this question a lot about, you know, how do you save, and. I know it sounds boring, but you have to do a budget, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and people roll their eyes and Definitely. they're just like, but why do I have to do one? But it is one of the best tools because it, that's what tells you where you're spending your money. And, you know, recently I was, I was coaching a couple and they had no idea where their money was going and I made them do a budget. I said, that's part of our agreement. You're going to do a budget if you want me to help you figure out your finances. And they came in and they just, they realized they're like, I'm spending so much money on food. Like, eating out so i always say you can't fix what you can't see so start there and believe me there's something that registers in your brain and you the next time you're you're going out and and wanting to splurge on you know that handbag or the brunch something will stop you here's a tip take a photo of everything that you spend your money on Because you're going to quickly go through those photos. You're going to go, really? Oh, that's one Starbucks coffee. That's two. That's five. That's ten. And it's visual. So it's going to register. If you're not someone who wants to go through the bills and actually go through receipts, just start taking photos of everything everything you spend your That's money That's a really on. good idea. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so here's here's my biggest thing where, where I completely lose track. So I'm super good at budgeting with my credit card. I'm so good at like writing everything down. It's the loose cash. What
3: you need is to have envelopes <laughs> and uh, say, well, this is my envelope for my transport money. This is my envelope for my food money. Keep them in your handbag. And then okay you can transfer that money into your purse but at least you know what well, this is the money that I've got and once you visualize it rather than using a card or contactless at least then it starts to register more and you actually see and feel that going out what are your what are your top budgeting tips like
2: how I'm such a I've been I've tried and grappled with budgets for years and I'm
1: so bad at them there's two things that I, I always tell people one is think of budget, I mean, it's reframing your, your mind around it, right? Some people look at budget as if it's, it's like sacrificing something Mm -hmm. rather than it just being a trade-off. So, you know, you, you talked about taking a taxi. I remember the day when, you know, I was going into the office and I just couldn't stand the coffee in the office. So I was splurging on the Starbucks because I needed my coffee and it started quickly adding up. So what I would do is tell myself, okay, what do I value more, my coffee or the taxi ride? Mm. Um, And I started taking the bus. Or I would take a taxi twice a week, and I knew that that would pay for my coffee for the rest of the week. So internally, I would just make these trade-offs, and I would tell myself, what do I value more? My number two is, and I know Natalie's going to be able to talk to this as well, but pay yourself first. It's Mm. a concept that... Is sometimes new to people but when I say that it is put away money for your savings before you spend people get it the other way around they save what's left they spend and then whatever's left they save but do it the other way think about your saving as an expense so you put away 10 15 percent every month and then you don't have to worry about spending the rest you can spend it guilt-free
3: yeah, it really depends on what your goals are, and actually fixing it to a goal is really, really important because, in those moments where you're conflicted and thinking, well, I could just take the taxi and have the coffee, then it's those goals that will really center you and make you think, no, actually, I can't dip into the savings because I'm focusing on this. So, whether it's going off to Um, study higher education or if you want to buy a car or take a really amazing trip, at least if you visualize that, it keeps bringing you back to it. Have a note in your purse and if it's a picture of an amazing beach in Bali or if it's a picture of that car that you want to buy, at least every time you open your wallet, you think, actually, no, I don't need to take the cab. Let me just walk there or let me take the train. And also just working out what you... What you need to get there, breaking it down into smaller pieces, because then if that does end up being 20%, okay, at least you know that. Or you know by saving 20% per month, that will then take me 12 or 18 or 24 months to actually get there.
1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Um,
2: okay, we talked about saving, but I want to pivot really quickly to um, investing and growing your money. Um, investing is a terrifying term. I feel like I've heard a lot more. I'm a lot more open to it now after I think I met you, Natalie, and after we spoke— what advice do you have for, for anyone who's looking to just get started? Yeah,
3: in- investing sounds scary, as you say, and it sounds like something that you need to do when you're grown up and, and not really think about now. Um, so if people are talking about whether it's pension plans, whether it's um, kind of having an investment portfolio, you think, oh, yeah, I'll get around to that because you know I don't need to worry about it now. But you're exactly right. Um, a lot of the advice that was given in our conference was really focused on, you know, it's it's okay if you haven't started. But of course, the best time to start was was probably yesterday. Um, so the amount that you can put in now is really going to make a huge difference in, in the long run. Again, about all this compounding, about compound interest that you get, um, the stuff that you do now will pay dividends later. Yeah, it, it's that
1: the magic of compounding mm. that people forget, right? So it's It's the money that you earn or the interest that you earn and then that interest earns interest yeah and it snowballs it's a huge snowball effect and if you actually look at some of the charts people who have started investing say when they're 25 and they stop at 35 so they just do it for 10 years and say they put away even five thousand dollars a year they will be further ahead than someone who starts at 35 and keeps investing until they're 65 Mm. you're basically earning money even while you sleep it is scary and it's disappointing. I've worked in the financial industry for many, many years, and the financial industry has just made it very complicated, and it really needn't be.
3: It just makes perfect sense because, okay, we're, we're all working, but maybe we won't want to work forever. Maybe mm-hmm. something will happen. Um, we don't know about our job security. So things like that actually make you realize wow, you know, I need an alternative um, source of income.
1: I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people and it's not just women a lot of people make is that they think that leaving it their money in the bank is one of the best things they can Mm, do but here's the thing the bank doesn't give you any interest you don't make money and inflation as you know the cost of things are getting more expensive by the day so you're actually losing the value Mm -hmm. of money so one of the best things you can do is invest and for women you know, we talk often about the wage gap, right? We don't make as much money as a man typically. We also live longer than a man. We can't fix the wage gap overnight. That's not going to happen. But what we can do is be smarter with our money. Mm. And one of the best, most efficient ways is to invest. Where do I invest? <laughs> like, what does that mean? And it sounds like a bit
2: of a silly question, but I, I, I honestly, uh, asking that question, it's like, well, what's next? Is it through someone else? Do I go to the bank? How do I find
3: where I want to invest? It really depends. What you're looking at. So, for example, if you want to create a portfolio. Um, of stocks then yes you will need to um, have an account you'll need to either do that through a broker you could do it yourself Um, there are a lot of apps that you can use to actually put that together Um, but it really depends I think how much involvement you want and how much time you've got to actually do that um, and control that yourself so there are advisors that you can go to and actually just sit down and have an initial conversation because a lot of it will really depend on your again your long-term goal so if you're thinking okay I just want to put something in let it sit there and just not touch it for 10, 20 years, then you're going to perhaps be looking at slightly different asset classes than if you want your money to be doing something for you in maybe five years' time. So that will really um, dictate what you do and how you do it, the kind of pathway that you use to then kind of enter the market, if you like.
1: I think it really depends on your situation, right? So if if you don't have a family and you're not worried about protection and wills and and estate planning which by the way a lot of people forget about but Mm. that is a big part of the financial planning. Um, If you don't need that there is the possibility that you can do it yourself and and there are options in Hong Kong to do that. I always tell people the best way or the things you want to think about is diversify, minimize your fees because Mm. every time you pay an advisor or pay a a huge amount of fees on your mutual fund, it's cutting into your your returns. Um, So you do want to think about that. If you can create a portfolio, like I said, simple, you know, diversified, then by all means do it yourself. Advisors do help in many ways. The issue with that is, at least in Hong Kong, most of them accept a minimum amount. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of feedback I get is, you know what, I don't have a lot of money. So I can't really go to an advisor. So don't let that stop you. Like there, you know, that like Natalie said, there are online brokerage accounts that you can set something up. And if you phone them, they can be quite, quite helpful. There's a lot of resources out there. I mean, we forget that we're we are in the day of the internet. I don't know what we ever did without the internet. But there's just so much information out there that there's there's really no excuse.
3: Yeah, and this is the thing, we don't typically talk about what we're doing with our money, it's still quite mm-hmm. taboo. Yeah. And unless, yes, you're going to an event or unless you know, we're sat here talking about it, it's not a sexy topic. Um, and so lots of people are still afraid of talking about what they're doing, where they're investing, partly with a lot of women because they don't want to intimidate their friends by mm-hmm. seeming like they know so much more. And But a lot of the time, it's because they don't want to look silly if they say, I'm investing in this or I've just bought a ton of crypto and they're just like what what are you doing so we often keep it to ourselves but then actually it doesn't allow us to learn about what other people are doing and how actually that might be beneficial to us so just waiting and thinking I'll get around to it at some point or I know I should be doing this it really just stops a lot of women from benefiting and and making their money work for them But we think that everybody else has got it all figured out. Um, So we're going around and, yes, you might look at your friend and think, gosh, you know, she's always out. She's always got new clothes. She's got a great job. But actually, she might also be having these doubts or concerns um, or worries about her knowledge gaps to do with her money. So actually, by opening up this conversation, and it can be a difficult thing, but when you do start to say, oh no, actually, I think I'll probably give that one a miss, or maybe we should try and do something else because I'm just trying to save this month, you'll probably find that your girlfriends also say, oh yeah, actually, I could probably do with saving as well. So it'll almost be a relief. We just need that environment where this is just a normal thing. We talk about it. Yeah, And by the way, I have shown stats to women when
1: I've done presentations and workshops and I show them the difference between, you know, when women say, well, I really don't know a lot about investing. Mm. I show them the stats that show women compared to men. Trust me, men aren't that much better. And
2: I, I just wanted to say also, it's really great that both what you guys are doing is so, it is quite female-centric and female-focused, because I think there is a big gap there. You guys are both doing amazing things that are taking huge strides towards um, fixing that conversation, really opening it up. I think ever since meeting the both of you in the last year that I have, um, I've been talking about money a lot more and thinking about money a lot more. So it's worked for at least one person. (laughs) So success. (laughs) um, And I'm hoping that, you know, to all of you listening out there, this prompts you to then have a conversation with your friends your family and just be a little bit more open um but before we
1: leave um where can we find you on social media so um you can find um, my website is uh dot com, so s-a-i-j-e-l-l-e.com and uh i do have some free resources on there like you said the the, the budget <laughs> that you downloaded <laughs> um i'm on facebook as well at sage and on instagram
3: yeah and you can find us at thenewsavvy.com we've got lots of content lots of guides um so incorporating real life stuff Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of really good actionable content on there um we're on facebook at the new savvy we're on instagram at the new savvy and uh yeah you can just find lots about our events as well which are coming up Cool. I'm not going to let you go so
2: easily, though, because as I promised, we have a little game. Um, And so before we begin on this game, I just want you guys to tell me very quickly in one line what the word sassy means to you. Not the company, not the brand, just the word sassy.
1: Own it.
3: I like that. Own it. Smart, independent, confident. Confident.
2: Like that, that's great. So our little game is called sassy or not sassy. So I'm gonna, <laughs> so I'm gonna throw some things out at you guys, and you're gonna tell me if it's sassy or not sassy according to you. So number one, budgeting apps,
3: not sassy. I admit it. Not sassy. I think yeah, they're improving, but I wouldn't say it's uh, yeah. Impulse shopping and retail therapy. I'm going to say not sassy. Not sassy. No, you need to be smart with your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, multiple credit cards. Not sassy. Not sassy. <laughs> the worst.
1: <laughs> the worst. What's the opposite of sassy?
3: It oh. depends how you use it, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think they are the worst. And it, that's one of the things that really hit me when I thought it's, it seems like a really grown up thing. Oh, yeah, you, you know get your job, get your credit card, but it's the worst form of debt you could possibly have if you're paying it off every month then yeah fine if
1: you're not it is bad debt um pay me or
3: any other money transferring apps i'm gonna say sassy i like it i'm gonna say not sassy and the reason is i've been having a lot of conversations um in the fintech sphere recently about um inclusion and literacy and yes inclusion Wise, it's better to have easy ways of moving your money around, yes. Literacy wise, it doesn't mean you're any smarter about how you're using your money. So, for that reason, I say not sassy. Um,
2: and finally, signing up to a bank purely based on rewards. Ooh,
3: depends.
1: <laughs> like is it just rewards or are you paying monthly fees there could be a trade-off
3: i think yeah. it, could it could be sassy, be sassy. yeah, yeah because be. if you are using those benefits wisely and again if it's a credit card you're getting the benefits but you're paying it off monthly great then it's it's a really good thing you're getting your miles you're, you're getting all the perks but using it in a not sassy way is is obviously not ideal cool
2: That concludes Sassy or Not Sassy. And I just, again, wanna say thank you to both of you guys um, for making the time to be a part of this. I took away a lot, so I'm hoping that our listeners also did. Something is better than nothing, and um, I think that's something that everyone can take away, just take one step.
3: That was fun. Thanks for having (laughs) us. Yeah, that was really great. Thank you.
2: So that's all for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed yourself and learned something new from our guests. If you want to dive deeper into today's topic, we've got all the information you need, as well as some extra reading in the show notes, as well as on our website. If you've liked what you've heard, be sure to subscribe, review, and share our podcast with your friends, your family, your next door neighbors, strangers on the street. Hey, it could be the best conversation starter. You can find us anywhere on social media at Sassy Hong Kong if you want to connect with our team some more. We couldn't have made this podcast without the help of some amazing people. So a big thank you to our producer Susie and the team at Create Productions. Without our guests, we literally wouldn't have anything to talk about. So as always, show them some love and follow them on the internet. And finally, the biggest thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us along the way. This has been Sassy Speaks. Sarmai
0: out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.